everybody. Welcome to Bottom Line with Bob and Kendall Ehrlich. For those on your Valentine's list, you need original, unconventional, and inconvenient. Donald J. Trump and his mega movement by Governor Bob Ehrlich. We're moving to the next holiday. <laughs> I love correct. this. This is great. You are really good at this. What could show more, more true love, love? True love. Than to give this book to your loved one. I know I'm giving it to mine. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, that's right. He oh, wrote, I wrote it. it. Uh, anyway, don't forget, we appreciate it. We're getting a lot of great reviews on the book. Yes, we are. So As very we proud of that. And thank you, my great wife, for the support. And we'll be on the road more and more over the course of the winter and early spring doing book events. So check our website, bobrelic.com, for future signings. And for all other information, Bob Ehrlich. Now, at the risk of raising your wrath oh. here... <laughs> We're not necessarily going to have a positive show this week. You're prepared for this. I had a feeling. Well, we're going to as do... I, as I reviewed for the week, I had a feeling. And so... We also saw me writing down and, notes, right? And the news. Yes. Uh, and the all news. of the above. So we are going to do what a lot of folks in the media, not just the legacy media, right-wing media, left-wing media for that matter, have done, which is to review the first year of the Biden administration. So okay. A, a lot of negative here. Now... Much of this is not our opinion with regard to the numbers. These are simply poll numbers. Quinnipiac, 33% approval, 53% disapproval. 53% disapproval. Wow. Democrat approval, 75% down from 87% right after the inauguration. Uh, 34% approval in the economy, 35% approval in foreign policy, 39% approval in COVID. Also, Gallup last week came out with their latest numbers. Interesting, babe. A 14-point shift over the course of the year. In other words, a uh, plus nine at the beginning of the Biden administration, the first quarter for the Biden administration, running down to a minus five, 14-point shift overall from the first quarter to the fourth quarter, major swing in independent support south, as you would expect. And in polling, that's numbers. a huge shift. In polling, that is an absolutely huge shift. So what we'd like to do over the course of this 25, 30 minute show is to just review the major issues of the last year, what occurred, what went down. Now, some of this will be somewhat redundant given our past shows. We're going to just hit them and go. But some issues as well, we have not focused on so much over the course of our first six, eight months here doing the podcast. So, so I'll, here's the report card. Here's the report card. Yeah. Yeah. So brutal. Uh, clearly, there's a headline. This was a headline from Western Journal reporting on Time Magazine. Time Magazine highlights Biden's, quote unquote, terrible first year in office with, quote unquote, gloomy cover. So that's that's interesting. It's it's the mainstream media. Yes. It can't even ignore this any longer. And we're told uh, much negative opinion has appeared on MSNBC and CNN. We don't watch those channels very often, but we're told uh, many negative uh, opinions with regard to the Biden administration's first year from left-leaning networks as well. First issue, Afghanistan. It's been a debacle. <sighs> it's almost difficult to talk about, given not just what occurred, how it went down, what the generals said, the generals basically said and warned the White House. We know now they actually did it. 
the White House, for one reason or another, chose not to listen to the generals. And then the aftermath, the aftermath being we're going to turn the page. We're no longer going to talk about what happened here. We simply are not going to discuss whether Americans are left, the whole nine yards. It has been one negative chapter of a very negative book from the jump. So Afghanistan, the debacle therein has been uh, in the news, although... Well, silenced recently, Re- and, and they want because they want you to forget it. Yes. But Please we, don't forget <laughs> those people that have been left behind, which is still ongoing. Latest little caveat on the storyline has been uh, last week's, especially last week, two weeks ago, the Inspector General's report, which confirmed that uh, the White House had been warned that the Afghan Air Force could not do it alone. You know, could not. Didn't have the capacity to do did, it alone. Lacked the capacity to keep up its assets Mm -hmm. it needed american contractors it needed american support it needed american uh, soldiers it needed the outside contract it needed american dollars once that support dried up it was done Mm -hmm. it was done two covid we could do 52 shows on covid i was thinking about this the other day politicians get away and i'm a former politician guilty Politicians get away with a lot during the course of campaigns, and comedians joke about it, but just going back to the 2020 campaign and thinking about then candidate Biden, Vice President Biden's promise to beat the virus, and how, in retrospect, unintelligent that sounds. It's a virus. Right. <laughs> it's a virus. And, and we, both on this show, my public pronouncements, my tweets— our website, my speeches, I never really went after anyone on the response, particularly during the early days to the pandemic. We didn't know what was going on. I gave President Trump a break. I gave the Democrats a break. We gave everybody a break because nobody really knew what was going on. But in retrospect, that sort of promise, it was a dumb campaign promise. It sounded good when you said it real fast. The Democrats wrote it. It's a virus. Well, even... Uh, 10 months out of the election, the goalposts kept moving because people didn't really know what was happening and the response did have to evolve. So like you said, you did give a break to all those folks around. But what has become very clear is that so much of the response really was not on science. There was a real push with the vaccine needed to under emergency status, but that is status of emergency vaccines has to stop. Also, the booster, 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 people have had it with the thought that we'll continue to have a booster under emergency conditions as opposed to going through real protocol. And I think that's where we are. People are really tired. Agreed. Item three, the Wuhan virus. Now, we're not supposed to say Wuhan virus because it's not politically correct. So we'll say it again. Well, it came from Wuhan. <laughs> so, <laughs> What's your point? <laughs> The PC surrounding this whole thing is insane. It goes right to a cultural issue we have concerning political correctness, which is a far larger issue. But it clearly appears that this leak appeared from that lab. Now, whether the Chinese did it on purpose or not, we'll never know. The world will never know. But 
We certainly had something to do with funding, <laughs> which not is be really shocking to many of us. <laughs> yes, but to not be able to call it what it is, again, goes to this whole silly concept of political correctness and fake outrage that we see in the mainstream media. Fourth, defund the police, silence the, uh, and, and for many Democrats, not all, but for many Democratic candidates and office holders, criticize those who supported the police. We've talked about this a lot. The numbers speak for themselves. The violent crime out of control in so many of our major cities, once beautiful major cities. The fact the mainstream press, the legacy press, never bothers to go back to check on uh, post-riot cities and, and the conditions that were left after these riots and after the Floyd murder again, goes to their narrative. The fact that so many of those neighborhoods were marginal to begin with and now they're worse does not fit their narrative. The fact that so many people now see the air of defund the police campaigns doesn't fit their narrative. But these cities are hurting, and as a result, you now see more calls for recalls with respect to these Soros-sponsored prosecutors. It can't happen fast enough. Over the weekend, you know, the New York police officer kill, yeah. shot, uh, struggling for his life. In, instead of defunding the police, we need to refund the police. Well, we need to refund the police, but once you refund the police, it's only half the job. Mm -hmm. Recalling these prosecutors, defeating these prosecutors, exposing these prosecutors. So important. And we're not talking about activism from the right. This has to be from the left. These are dark blue cities. These are Democrat-controlled cities forever and will be forever, more likely than not. It has to come from people, Democrat voters, who just say, enough, can't take it, don't want to live in San Francisco anymore, don't want to live in Minneapolis anymore unless you do something about this, don't want to live in Seattle anymore. You, you pick your city. You pick your major Democratic city. Just can't put up with it, will not put up with it, want to live here, want a beautiful city, wants thriving city, and now look at us. There is some timing here. I, I hear what you're saying that most likely Democrats will continue to control, but it'd be really interesting for some dynamic Republicans in those cities to step up to the plate. Can they win? And see, just see if we could win under these types of conditions where really everybody in the city is being held hostage, particularly the poor and disadvantaged. They cannot leave their homes and feel safe anywhere. And I think maybe now people will pay attention. We'll see. In the meantime, you're so correct to uh, get rid of these prosecutors who really shouldn't be impeached because they're not following their oath to uphold the law. And so please well, make sure that you uh, vote let me appropriately. Just, let me just a little observation here. Most of these folks ran notoriously in, in the sense that they're not going back on campaign promises. This is what they ran on. These are the platforms. They were sort of sponsored. Their version of criminal justice reform, uh, non-prosecutions, none of this should be surprising to anyone that paid attention. Well, paying attention is a, is a important clause there. And also, maybe people just didn't believe it would be to this extent. Maybe. I mean, it's one thing to say, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not going to prosecute a small amounts of marijuana. It's another thing that people are not being prosecuted for carjackings, DWIs. for example. Yeah. And uh, things that are really violent and very serious now. The other thing is the release rate on these folks. 
so at any rate, people really need to be paying attention. Other, it's really lawlessness in, in many of these cities and very scary. Well, it's quote-unquote bail reform as well. We've talked about We've that. We've talked about that. The, the bail system works, and this is proof of it, by the way. This is proof of it. Good point. Empty shells, supply line woes, supply line mess, supply chain mess, I should say. We devoted an entire show to this. When you come back from the grocery store and report to me. I do. It's <laughs> periodically, shocking. Periodically, it's how shocking it is to you to see empty shelves in America. It really makes an impact when it does not. Well, I'll tell you, moms aren't thrilled about that when they're feeding their families and uh, not used to it either here in this country. So it'll be interesting to see that that reaction. Americans as well. should not get used to it. We this is America. Not, exactly. They want us to get used to it because here comes socialism. What the new we'll normal? limit your choices. We won't be America. We won't excel. We won't have. The land innovation. of plenty. We won't well, be the land of plenty. It's innovation. People, you see it on some of the business shows, some of the shows of entrepreneurs coming forward with yeah. their ideas, and that's what the country is about, and we want to continue to do that. But you can see this uh, halting of that right before your eyes. The new normal will never be empty shelves in America. It's a good campaign line. Thank you. Next, I've labeled procedural warfare. Procedural political warfare, changing the filibuster, trying to pack the court, trying to change electoral college, changing the rules of the game in order to get a progressive agenda fulfilled. Now, for the most part, maybe for the entirety of the, not just with regard to these issues, but others, this push is not going to be successful because of Senator Cinema and Manchin. But the fact that it's been attempted. The fact that in such an obvious way, an unapologetic way, the rules of the road at least have been – there's been an attempt to change these rules that have governed our democracy for the last couple hundred years in order to simply get New Green Deal and these very far-left ideas passed these two years. The, you can't thank – Senator Manchin or Cinema enough for having common sense, not being radicalized, not uh, succumbing to the fear that they put in front of them. Oh, you're going to be primaried. Manchin said, go ahead and primary. I'm primaried all <laughs> the time. And thankfully, they have the gumption and the love for the country to stand up for this and to make sure that these kinds of common sense uh, or lack of common sense things are not going forward, and they're using their common sense and recognizing that their constituents want them to do that as well. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Next issue, court losses. Not a whole lot of attention on this in the mainstream media, legacy media. We do have a division of powers in our Constitution, thank God. We have an independent judiciary. Private sector employer mandate, scuttled. Last week, we haven't talked about this yet, public sector employer mandate, we're talking about for the vaccine, scuttled. The extension of the federal eviction moratorium, scuttled. The administration is now being required to reinstitute the stay in Mexico policy at the border, at that chaotic place. Although they really haven't done that. The uh, 
Racial grants to African-American farmers scuttled. All a function of an independent judiciary, mostly a function of conservative judges appointed by President Trump and or President Bush. Again, the left can do its thing, but the fact of it is we have an independent judiciary. The Biden administration time and time again has been stopped in the courts. Yay, checks and balances work. How about that? Inflation, next issue. It's out of control. It is the meanest, most aggressive tax on the poor, working poor, lower middle class. We know that. It eats away at your savings. Senior citizens, those on fixed incomes, it's mean. It's mean. And that word transitory we heard thrown around in the first, second quarters of this year, no longer. It's here to stay. Here to stay and the worst in 40 years. Can you imagine if Build Back Better would have passed? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) What these numbers would have been. Next, H.R. 1, federalizing our elections. Not catching up with the public, by the way. This whole race deal with regard to H.R. 1, federalizing our elections. It was so interesting to me the other week that the president goes to Georgia, a state he won, a southern state, a red state that he won, and talks about this whole mess with regard to election law well people losing their right to vote i just want to see the president a democratic leader produce one american voter one one who claims he or she was denied their right to vote just one so the guy that got 81 million votes the guy who won the election now talks about raising the specter of the midterms being suspicious raising the specter of the midterms not being reliable. And again, as we have this discussion time and time again, I tell my audiences, check what the Democrats did in 2000, 2004, 2016. I think I have those years right. Democrats challenged the election results, Electoral College. In, of course in, they in Congress, did. But the legacy press did not pay attention. All comes back to this H.R. 1, the attempt to federalize what has always been a localized system of election law in our country. It has failed. It will continue to fail and is not caught on with the public. And playing the race card simply has has not worked. Thank God. Next, military wokeness on the eve of a potential Ukraine invasion by Vladimir Putin. The weakness manifested uh, by our generals in their public pronouncements. The wokeness. How embarrassing. China now sees it clearly with regard to saber rattling in Taiwan, the South China Sea. Russia now, Ukraine, Iran with their uh, nuclear program and, and missile program as well. The bad guys of the world, the miscreants of the world, understand when America is weak. Uh, and today... Now, the press is saying that we're going to send troops to the well, Ukraine. I suspect that may not be is, real Is that popular. sort of a, um, right, uh, a ruse that we're tough, quote-unquote? Because most of America is not going to want that. Well... During the president's two-hour press conference last week, he made a, a mistake. Now, the, the White House tried to clear it up, but basically he said, well, if there's a small encouragement, if it's a de minimis thing, that's one thing, which sent alarm bells ringing around the world, uh, particularly in Western Europe, particularly with regard to NATO. So now the White House did try to clean that up, but again, when you're president of the United States, you have to really be careful. Well, the news is reporting that he's trying to do a coalition. How can he ever do a coalition now after Afghanistan and that mess? It's never going to happen. Who's going to trust us? Who's going to trust us? Next, 
educational indoctrination. We spent some time on this issue. We're going to spend more time on it in, in the year as parent power really takes hold around the country. And the cool thing about parent power, I've Love tweeted it. on it. I talk about it. It's not partisan. It's not red. It's not blue. It's parents. parents. It's just parents. Parents shouting, screaming, descending, showing up, hopefully screaming appropriately, <laughs> but protesting, exercising their First Amendment rights, first of all. Paying attention to these school boards. Paying attention to school boards, paying attention to curriculum, paying attention to school board cover-ups, and not having to worry about the feds sicking the FBI on parent groups, which in my personal view was the low point of the past year and was the number one reason Republicans won in the state of, of Virginia. Educational indoctrination, of course, it all began with that infamous school board letter. And we had some news last week concerning that school board letter as well because maybe it now appears that a horrible story has gotten worse. The letter from the school board association which started this whole thing appears to have uh, been written at the request of our education secretary, which means it came from the White House, which wow. was always a suspicion. And so the chronology of events was, hey, why don't you all write this letter, write it to the Justice Department, claim all these parent groups are out of control, ask for federal supervision. It was all found out. People went really crazy when they found out about this, particularly in Virginia, particularly in those blue subdivisions in Virginia. Uh, it's the reason Glenn Youngkin won that race, no doubt that in the cover-up in, in Loudoun County as well. And now you see, again, this parent power movement around the country, white parents, black parents, doesn't matter whether you're red doesn't or, matter or blue or yeah. rural or, or urban. As you always say, what? Don't get between a kid and a parent, right? Mama That's bear. Right. Ma Mama bear and her cubs. <laughs> Mama yeah, bear and her don't cubs. Don't do that. So there you go. Uh, some brutality with regard to the last uh, 12 months. I added one additional issue here because it's not a tangible issue. Just but in case you're not down enough, <laughs> you added another. Yes, I did. Okay. But this goes, you know, I've been a governor. I've been an executive. We know governors set the table, head coaches set the table, CEOs right. set the, the table top. from the top, organizations, teams, states, entities, corporate entities typically reflect the leader. The leader sets not only the leadership model, but also the tone. Tone is hugely important when you're an executive, when you're president of the United States, there's nothing more important. What we've seen has been this interesting dichotomy because candidate Biden very smartly took advantage of the fact that many voters did not like President Trump's ML. They did not like the antagonistic approach to the press, uh, to Twitter and the whole nine yards, to the personal fights the president would pick from time to time. So he ran against divisiveness. He ran as the person who would bring us together, that whole thing. The interesting thing, again, sort of like hope and change with President Obama, very intangible. You can't touch it, but it's feel good. It sounds good when you say it real fast. It, it works. Well, he also didn't answer any questions and hid in his basement. And the press let him get away That's with that. That's a different it. issue, though. Press let him get away with that. We know that. But the fact of it is the tone that campaign 
tried to reach, they did it successfully. It wasn't that hard, but they did it successfully. As president, we've seen a much more divisive tone from the president with regards to vaccines and separating people, pro-vax, anti-vax, pro-mask, anti-mask, uh, pro-police, anti-police, pro-voting rights, anti-voting rights, all these false dichotomies that have been created as a function of a very divisive sort of rhetoric utilized by the administration, not just the president, but also Democratic leaders in Congress. It's not going over well with the general public. People that voted for unity, uh, people that were uncomfortable with President Trump's approach generally, now are not happy because they see more divisiveness. So, again, this is a Okay, so this is issue. a little hopeful for the midterm elections because well, it's very divisive and people are seeing that and they don't want that. It's a warning to the Democratic president and it's a roadmap for Republicans. If this president wants to revisit his previous tone and actually work with Republicans and lead and be less divisive and you know that's never going to happen. You would hope it you you would hope it's going to happen. You it's would not. hope that people who have really legitimate concerns about HR1 federalizing elections wouldn't be thrown in the same camp as Jim Crow or George Wallace. You would hope that would stop. You're probably correct, but if they read these polls and they see 40, 50 seats they, they in the seem House. They to double down on this stuff. We'll see. They don't admit it or they ignore it, and the media is complicit in those explanations. You're probably right, but we shall see. Okay. Because, because there's some smart people over there as well. And there have been some Democrat consultants out. We've seen them on TV saying, hey, enough. People aren't buying this. Well, they said that with the police early on, uh, sort of at the end of the protest season last year. And, and they still didn't do anything. They haven't done anything to correct that. They were silent about the police. They were silent, which was bad enough. This has been actively divisive. A little different. Well, This is more, much more aggressive in that sense. So, again, a divisive tone. We'll see whether And, again, we have a president that not. we, you know, who, who is really in charge and who, who's really writing the words and who's really controlling the message. So Well, I do know this. We don't know the answer to all those questions, but we do know the tone has been generally consistent, antagonistic, and yes, divisive. it is. By the way, a little teaser for next week. We're very excited to have Secretary Mike Pompeo as our guest next show. He's incredibly bright, and it's going to be very timely with what's happening in Russia and the Ukraine. Russia, Ukraine, and we're talking a lot about China as well. And a little you, bit of the border. The border. Got to talk well. about the border when Fentanyl we have him on. And drugs and sex exactly. traffickers and terrorists and, all, and the like. So, again, tune in next week. Thanks very much for listening to our show this week. Thanks, everybody. Please look at bobberlick.com. It'll make you feel better. You'll need that after this show. Thanks. <laughs> Godspeed. <laughs>